Of the 80s, and we're your hosts. I'm Ben. That was really hard to listen to. I'm Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Chris. Oh, and this is 80s High. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year. Did you just come up from the basement? Is that why you're out of breath? What's going on? I was doing a workout to be prepared for today's episode. You're ready for that New Year's resolution. Just like the Pat Benatar episode. Mm. I have stepped into a dark forest I know little about, but is very important to the 80s. And I don't think you and I are up to the challenge alone. We need a third voice, I think. So thank goodness we have an exchange student in class today who's (laughs) sitting over in a homeroom. We would like to welcome to the podcast our guest host, Whitney. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Welcome so much to 80s High. We're thrilled to have you. Uh, mm. Whitney uh, Whitney and my wife worked together for a little while, not in a studio, like about today's topic. But uh, Whitney, do you want to drop some creds at the top of the episode about your experience with today's topic? Why can people trust what you have to say about our topic? Yes, I have been a instructor of this topic since 2013. I have family history in this topic that goes back for about 30 years. Awesome. Yeah, a long history with it, and I'm very excited to talk about it. It sounds like I might be a bit dated. I'm dressed in full neon lycra. I've got sweatbands on. Uh, so I think I'm ready to, I don't know, maybe I'll grapevine. I don't know. I'll do some very cool move down the hallway to history class to get started. Anything else you two would like to cover in homeroom before we go? Well, Ben, you always forget homeroom announcements. But I'm full of energy. I'm, I, I don't have time. I've got to get to the gym. You're always so super excited, but let's hear our homeroom announcements first. Attention 80s high. I'm Allie, here to share today's homeroom announcements. Want to be a hero and not a zero? Follow 80s high podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Today's lunch menu will be like food, I guess? My friends and I always walk to Mickey D's, so whatever. To have any hope at all of being in the yearbook, you totally need to join the class of 80s high. It keeps the show, like, cool. You can suggest topics, send corrections on stuff we got wrong, as if that ever happens, and share other memories and opinions on the 80s, which we'll read on this show. Email 80shighpodcast at gmail.com to join. That's 80S. After school today, if you're even remotely cool, you'll be at cheer practice and then hanging out at the mall with us. Thank you and have a totally ridiculous day. Go Mogwise! Okay, let's not delay. You need to get to history class so we can learn all there is to know about Jazzercise! Woo! I made it. I'm here. I got to have a history class. Okay. I swear, I swear I've been exercising. I should be in shape. <laughs> At the top of every episode, Whitney, as you know, because I think you said you told us you've listened to the entire backlog of 80s High to get ready for this. You're a new top listener. Obviously, yes. 
Four times. Four times. Yeah. Four yeah. times. Deeply studied. Yes. I, I never sleep. Only listen to 80s high. <laughs> Only 80s high. Yeah. There's obviously things all of us who uh, enjoy the 80s love so much, but that might be just our passion project. And not everyone might be aware of all the different cool pop culture things that happened in the 80s. Can you tell us what is Jazzercise? Jazzercise is the founder of all dance fitness programs. And mm. basically any even group fitness class that you would go to has Jazzercise and Judy Shepard Visit to thank for it. You can get your full body workout at Jazzercise, cardio, strength, and fun. That's your elevator pitch right there going forward. That's perfect. If you're not already using that as your elevator pitch. <laughs> Always. Anyone I meet, I just say that to them. <laughs> <laughs> But right there, you dropped the bomb with the big name, and that is where we must start with mm-hmm. where Jazzercise came from. Judy Shepard, Miss It, Miss It, did I say it right? Yes, that's it. Miss It was born in 1944 in Red Oak, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Pigeon toed is what I read, with her feet and ankles turned inward. Hmm. So when her mother took her to the doctor to ask what they could do to try and correct that, he said to take her to dance class. Took mm-hmm. her to her first lesson at the age of three. Mm. Whitney, here's where I really need some help from you, because when we tried so hard to research the history of Jazzercise, it gets a bit biblical. Because what I could find is Miss It's Thing at three, and then it jumps to she graduates from Northwestern. She disappears <laughs> yeah. for 20 years. Do you know anything about that gap in there? Um, I don't know a huge amount of that gap besides that, you know, she loved to dance. But really, like, the starting of Jazzercise was at... Northwestern when she was living there, which fun fact, I also went to Northwestern. So we have another connection. I know. Indeed. Is there anything at Northwestern like memorializing her? There should be. Yeah. But you know, I'm not sure that there is. The dance studio she was at, at least when I was there, was still there. And Hmm. she started teaching classes. And I believe the story is that it was to younger moms, but Basically, people wanted to look like dancers, but not necessarily be dancers, you know, have the like rigor of ballet training and everything. And she found that if she covered the mirrors or turned people away from the mirrors and also just made it more fun, like not as technique based, but still you're getting your heart rate up, you're dancing, you're moving. And it was positive instead of, you know, sometimes a traditional dance class, it might be, you know, like, okay, turn out more, do this, do this, do this, do this, and just sort of the hammer and nail, which there's nothing wrong with that either. I love going to a good ballet. (laughs) But then she saw more customers come and just her dance classes bloom and it just sort of spiraled from there. This would have been the prestigious Gus Giordano studio in Evanston, Illinois, where she was teaching. Mm. Uh, She graduated actually from Northwestern with a degree in theater and dance. Surprise. Winnie, do you know what she first called Jazzercise? It wasn't Jazzercise. I should know this. I feel terrible that I don't. Classmate Christopher is waving his hand excitedly. What what was it? I only know this because I found it in my research. Jazz dance for fun and fitness. That's a long tagline right there, yeah. Jazzercise is a lot catchier. Mm -hmm. It was much later. It was like almost six years later, six or seven years later, where a former student was like, hey, I think you should call it Jazzercise. (laughs) And Miss It's quoted in saying, I went home and said about trademarking the name right away. That's amazing. She loved it. Something that was a huge lesson for me when researching Jazzercise that I never knew. Coming into this topic, I thought Jazzercise was just like a generic style of aerobic exercise, like mm. like the hustle 
or the shuffle oh. or like <laughs> or like the electric slide or just like aerobic fitness, right? Yeah. I never knew it was like a branded uh, like a company that does yeah. jazzercise. That was a huge wake up call for me learning this. Do you find other people or am I the only dumb dumb who didn't realize that or does anyone else never know that? I think a lot of people don't really know what jazzercise is besides they think leg warmers and pep. Right. You know, I've had so many different people come to my class. Like, That's not what I expected, you know. And especially, you know, I have a good friend who, I mean, it's when I first got certified, he was super supportive. And he was a big like P90X guy. Right? Oh, sure. He came to my class. He couldn't hardly walk down the stairs the next day. And it's because you're using different muscles. But also, I always say you get out what you put in, which is one of the beauties of jazzercise is that it's up to you. Yeah. But no, people have no idea what to expect. So, so unfortunately, as, as some of us do move away from Chicago, some come mm-hmm. back, some don't. Miss it in 72, her family was relocated to San Diego, California, which mm-hmm. perfectly was going through this big body conscious health revolution at the time. Mm. Oh, this was a survey question we put out to the class of 80s high. Who really packed those first classes of Missits in San Diego were military moms. That's mm-hmm. right. Their partners were in training and boot camp and service mm-hmm. on the base all day. And so that's who her class was filled with. Well, she was teaching like an insane number of classes a week. Yeah. So she was teaching like 30 plus classes a week, which I don't know how any wow. human body does that besides her. <laughs> so I think finally she realized that one, it could grow more if other people taught. And I think she could have a little bit more of a balance and maybe focus them on the business side too. If she started teaching some of her like best students, her moves and her choreography, and then they could also teach. Also, because it was primarily some military moms at first, you know, they move. So then if they were taught as an instructor, they could trickle Mm. it out. So you're saying she's teaching 30 a week. Yeah. What would you say an average instructor is teaching? Oh, good question. A week. That is a good question. And I think that it's going to differ based on what's happening in people's lives. But like, for instance, for me, I would love to teach more than this. I just teach twice a week because I have two young kids and Mm. I can't balance it with other things going on. But before I had kids, I taught about four times a week. Okay. And that's still balancing, you know, when I was like working full time and stuff like that. So Jazzercise has a franchise setup is pretty interesting. Like I am an associate instructor and I teach for someone that is called a class owner and she is also an instructor. So my class owner is the one who rents out the space that you teach in. And she also makes sure that every single class she has on that schedule is covered. So because of that, class owners a lot of times end up having to teach more classes, right? Because Mm. if someone calls in sick, but we can't find another instructor to cover, it's on them. Or they have to be the one to cancel the class and then lose out on the money. 30 a week, that's basically four every day of the week. It's a lot. That's impressive. I mean, if anyone has the energy to do it, it's Judy. My my goodness. (laughs) But still, that, that takes a toll, I imagine. And I don't know how Jazzercise started out. Like, I don't know if they had the weight work at first Mm. or if it was all cardio dance, which doesn't mean it's any easier if you don't have the weight work, if you're just going for cardio full throttle. Also, the length of classes. Like, right now, our classes are on average an hour, unless if you go to, perchance, a strength 45 or 
a strength 30 or an express class where those are either 30 minutes or 45 minutes. But I mean, that's a lot like that's, you know, that's professional athlete status. Yeah. And as a professional athlete, if you're not taking care of your muscles or your machine, that is your body, it can break down. And like you said, that's what happened with, that's what Missit said. She was teaching 35 classes a week and she said she started losing her voice because this is pre-microphone where you have your headset. So she's screaming over this music. Yeah. And she went to the doctor and the doctor said like, hey, you're going to lose your voice for good. Yeah. So to your point, trying to expand it out more uh, and cutting back. You also mentioned the challenge of being uh, like trying to manage all this with a family too. Missy yeah. had this great quote where she was like, my daughter was about four or five at this point when it started to take off in San Diego. And I put her in my little yellow Honda and bring babysitting toys because I knew that people need childcare to come to class. My sister-in-law would come with me and be the babysitter and she'd find an empty room wherever we happened to be and she would play with all the kids while mm-hmm. I'd go and teach class. She's full-time momming it. She's mm-hmm. full-time jazzercising it. Missy's it's got the energy. Yeah. And she's a smart businesswoman. Oh my gosh. There's a lot going on. Chris, did you you watch some videos with Miss It, some interviews? Not interviews. I watched some of her instruction videos. It's kind of a compilation of it. And Whitney, to your point, what I saw was all aerobics. That doesn't mean that was the entirety, but mm-hmm. at least the compilation I saw. I mean, here's the thing. If you've ever pulled up a jazzercise video on YouTube, you may not realize it, but that's probably Judy. If you've seen a woman with like massive energy and personality, she's singing, facial expressions, voices, sound effects, you know, sassy comments. She's like, find it, feel it, do it. Like she is amazing. And it's so funny. I just pulled a couple of comments because this gives you a sense of what kind of person she is. Someone said, imagine this lady is your mom. Life would be lit AF. I thought that was great. Uh, (laughs) She's more supportive than my parents. That was another great comment. And then I wish I loved my job as much as she loves hers. Mm -hmm. And those are all true comments. Pull up a video. Like I said, if you look her name up, you're going to know exactly. Within Mm -hmm. 10 seconds, you're going to know exactly what we're talking about. And she's 100% genuine in herself and very positive. And I think that is the driving force behind Jazzercise that really keeps people coming is the positivity factor. Absolutely. And it's like, you might see her as being cheesy or like over the top. But to your point, you can tell she's being her true self and she's being genuine. And the fun and joy is so there. And it's like, you can't deny that aspect of it. Because I just feel like I know of a lot of other strength training where I've seen people running up hills carrying kettlebells and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. no one's having any fun. <laughs> you know, they just look awful. But it's like exercise is already a barrier for so many people to like, have the fun there Mm -hmm. is just so inviting where as you don't get that in every kind of fitness routine, which I think is cool. Winnie, you don't have to use your in-class voice like I tried to kick this episode (laughs) off with, but can you give us an example of what like during class positive affirmation sounds like? Oh, yeah. One of my lines that I say a lot is, can I get a woo? You know, <laughs> and so, you know, like you can do it, and you you try to keep people going. Where and like I always say, when I'm tired or when I find something hard, that's when I give my most cues because I'm not only trying to get you to do it, but me mm, to do it too. Yeah, so sure. it's like a bonding thing together. But you know, now that we've had COVID times, like I've been teaching at home. And so then I can sort of watch and listen to myself. And so you find out what you say a lot. You just try to keep people going, but make it positive. And I think personality is what people are also drawn to. Oh, yeah. You want the experience to be light and that this is your me time and we're turning off everything else. 
I'm doing the mind work so that you can do the body and feel good work. We know great art, great shifts in culture, great disruptions oftentimes come out of an environment of pressure. And so I want to talk a little bit, I'm sort of picturing this metaphor in my head of Missit and her early adopters as sort of like kernels of corn hopping in a warming skillet. And I want to talk about the environment of that hot skillet and where this is coming from. So in the 70s, gyms were not a comfortable place for women to go. This was still a, a male-dominant environment, sweaty, grunting, you know, tossing weights on the ground, disgusting, some might say. And what you have in the 70s and that came out of the 60s and also through the 70s is this rising tidal wave of women's liberation and women's empowerment mm -hmm. that is happening. And there are a lot of really key things historically that happen mm -hmm. that create this environment for all these little kernels in the skillet to explode into amazing popcorn. Right out of the gate in 1972, we have Title IX of the Education Amendments in 1972. So Title IX protects people from discrimination based on sex in education programs or activities that receive federal financial assistance. So this is the start of codified, you cannot discriminate on gender in these sort of environments. And this is the same year that they moved to San Diego, mm -hmm. as a reminder. Mm. Following year, super critical, January 22nd, 1973, Roe v. Wade, U.S. Supreme Court rules that the Constitution of the United States protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government restriction. Later in that same year, uh, a book came out called The Fat Underground's Manifesto, which was sort of this first book to really talk about body positivity and really not about like trying to be this petite old world hourglass shape. The big quote that comes out of the book is, you have nothing to lose. So this, this is one of these origins of the body positive and body positive language, uh, mm -hmm. which is huge. But, Whitney, you said something earlier that I think is really going to help on this last one. Missit herself, in her book that came out not too long ago, cites the 1974 Equal Credit Opportunity Act as crucial for her in getting jazzercise off the ground. So this blew my mind. Prior to 1974, if you were a woman and you wanted to open a line of credit at a bank, you needed to bring a man with you. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's not 1874. No, that's, that's 1974. Not that <laughs> yeah. That's insane. So she's got this great little quick story, and I'll run through it. She was like, you know, business is doing well. Jazzercise is good. It's expanding. It's growing. I didn't really need a line of credit, but I thought, meh, I should probably have one just in case. So mm -hmm. the local bank in San Diego sends them to Los Angeles for the main branch of their bank to go open a line of credit. And she says, we walk in there, we, we lay out the business plan, the story, the facts, the figures. And the banker looked at us and he says, well, I just don't think this would be a good investment for us. Yes, you're growing quickly, but that's going to be a fad. It's great that you're having fun and dancing around, but I just don't see it as something that will grow. I can see Whitney seething on Zoom as I read Well, I mean, I, I know the story and I love it because I'm pretty sure that bank went under and like exactly. in seven <laughs> years. <laughs> Yeah, yes, exactly. Like, it goes under. It goes right under away. in seven years, and, and she's still here 50 years she's later. She's still here. Which I'm sure a lot of people dismissed her. I mean, a lot of people dismiss Jazzercise still, and they shouldn't. I think anyone that does just hasn't given it a try. Right. Right. I mean, it's amazing what she was able to and continues to be able to accomplish. Totally. You had referenced earlier that Miss was a, a very sharp business person. And like, and here's sort of a, a peek into that. Like, how else have mm -hmm. you learned of or know from your experience how she was so sharp with business? 
Well, I think just it wouldn't be here if she wasn't, you know, and I think part mm-hmm. of the success of Jazzercise is also knowing when to evolve, right? And when to change. And she doesn't just look to the past for what worked in the past. She looks towards the future. I think that also makes a smart business person. Oh, yeah. I mean, how she started franchising and um, doing, you know, Jazzercise all across the country and then international, you know, it, she's just been with the right people to help her grow. What a fantastic segue, Whitney. If we were in Pee Wee's Playhouse, we'd all just go, ah, <laughs> you just said the word franchise. How does this happen? Because I've talked about the hot environment of pressure. The, the, the popcorn kernels are popping. What mm-hmm. makes them explode? And this is where we get to it. So you, you had mentioned these people sign up for her class in San Diego. They love it. But then the people actually serving in the Navy get relocated to other bases or they get deployed. And these people who have been in the class are so mad. They're so sad that they have to leave these jazzercise classes with miss it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how can I still reach all these people where they are now on August 23rd, 1977? The United States receives its very first VHS-based VCR, the RCA VBT-200. We finally get VCRs to the market. And this is how, as you explained, she can do it, right? She can record on a VCR, on a tape in her home or in the studio, send it out to all the other people she wants to train as trainers, and they can start it up locally wherever they are in the world. Gosh, I cannot believe that that was also so recent. <laughs> like the VCR. Right? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so she does these classes. That's how she's training everybody to then do it live. But she also does um, some videos at home. And I think a lot of people who are listening to this or that wrote in remember the at-home VHS mm-hmm. tapes. Right. So she starts with an LP in 1981 entitled Jazzercise. I know you said she was a super keen businesswoman, but I, I feel like you could got a little more creative with the title of the tape. But maybe you want to be clear. Want to be real clear yeah. about the product. I don't know. Yeah, there's more to that story too. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, okay, wait, okay, let me finish this and I want to hear more of the story. That's what we're here for. But that first LP went gold the next year, which is cool. She does a second LP in 1982 and entitles it More Jazzercise um, and releases her first VHS Jazzercise workout called Let's Jazzercise the following year. Mm -hmm. That's what they want you to know. Whitney, what don't they want you to know? What's the story we don't know? What's the more story? Well, I I mean, it goes a little bit into the future, so not staying in the 70s, but, um, you know, just the history of the name Jazzercise and the association that everyone has with it is the 80s, leg warmers, even though, as we've been told, it started in 1969. But as Jazzercise is evolving and continuing to be successful, but then, you know, in current culture... Some people just think 80s, like we've said, but how does Jazzercise draw maybe a younger crowd or a newer population in? So they went through a rebranding and like marketing research and, you know, okay, what's it going to be? Are they going to rename it? You know, what's it going to be? And this was, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago. And so it's like, okay, we had this big, you know, Jazzercise wide conference call. The name is the new Jazzercise. And, like, literally, so it's like, oh, okay, all that research and everything, but, you know, it it did bring in some more people, but it was just like, you know, we thought maybe it'd be like J by Jazzercise or whatever, but, but, you, but the point is, I think what they found is you still do have to have the name Jazzercise, because so yeah. many people do know our program, that if you just change it to something like J or something, they won't know where to look. 
I think the name is just really powerful. And I think that's also why you see it on all of her stuff, even from the beginning. Do you guys remember when Netflix, remember in the olden times when it was discs only, and then they went through their streaming and they were going to split the business and the CEO sent an email and like, we're calling it Quickster. Do you guys remember this? Right. And the internet blew up like, this is awful. And it was such a backlash that they're like, okay, we're just going to keep calling Mm -hmm. it Netflix. And I I feel like it's a similar thing. You have Mm -hmm. such a name and brand recognition. Like as much as like we need to breathe new life into it, it's like, gosh, we we, we can't divorce ourselves from this name. Right. It is our brand identity. So that's that's very interesting. Yeah. Right. And I do remember that happening, but I don't remember yeah. that other name, you know, for a Quickster. reason. Right? Oh, ter- yeah. I think it was with a W even. It was terrible. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so the, by the early 80s, at least historically, it seems like Jazzercise was sort of hitting its zenith. Chris, did you see how successful Jazzercise had become by 1982? Well, I saw that at the height of its popularity, it was the second fastest growing franchise business in the country. Mm-hmm. Did you see that, Ben? I did. Did uh, you Whitney... see what it was after? Wait, wait, do, Whitney, you know do you know what number one is? Is it Domino's? It is hey. Domino's Pizza. Please tell me you just guessed that. You had no idea and you just threw it out there. That'd be amazing. If only, but no, I I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. It's crushing as a franchise. By 82, there were more than a thousand certified Jazzercise instructors Mm -hmm. in almost all 50 states and other countries in the world. Mm. So this model, first of all, let me just throw out, what Miss It Build was a system for entrepreneurs, particularly Mm. female entrepreneurs, to start their own businesses, which is Huge. Again, a thousand instructors. Boom. Brand new business owners Mm -hmm. all over the country, which is amazing. But in 1983, a successful Jazzercise franchise could sustain for its owner a net annual income of 75 grand, which in today's dollars is $187,000, which is why Whitney is calling us from her yacht in the Caymans on this talk (laughs) tonight. I'm just that successful. It's amazing. That's incredible. Well, to your point, Ben, about female entrepreneurship, one of the things that I saw was that Miss It got like thousands of letters where women had said, not only did I lose you know, weight or get in shape, but also it encouraged me to leave an abusive husband, mm-hmm. to demand a raise at work, or just generally like find joy in their bodies and their lives. And I think that kind of empowerment is amazing and wonderful. And I thought that was really powerful. They all became more confident. Right. Well, you also know the fun fact that Judy Shepard Missit got to hold the Olympic torch, right? In the 80s. Whoa. Go on. She did? Oh, yeah. It was the 84 Olympics in LA, right? And she she got to run with the torch. That's awesome. No one had as much fun carrying that torch than she did. You oh. know, she had like the big she smile and she was like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So and when she show off, I'm sure she's doing all the moves and the torch never went out, which That's is right. amazing. <laughs> yes. Well, if you guys are ready to tag along, I would like to run down the hallway and get my knees up. And like you said, not enough people know what goes into jazzercise. And there's nowhere better to find flasks and vials of what goes into stuff than chemistry class. So let's go down the hallway and find out our experience with jazzercise. Well, we think about it, our perception of it, and uh, and how it carried forward. That sound good? Sounds great. Let's do it. Uh, okay, I'm breathing a little less heavier because Whitney said you can walk in place. You don't always have to try and run. It's better than just sitting mm-hmm. still, so uh, I can still talk. <laughs> 
Whitney, at the top of this, I, I we would all love to know how did you first encounter Jazzercise, and then how the bug bite you? How'd you how'd you get into it? I would love to talk about this. So, yes, good. Um, I mean, I've always known about Jazzercise because my mother attended Jazzercise classes when I was growing up. I was a big dancer. I did a lot of tap and ballet, but I by no means was the best in my classes. Like I never had the best turnout. I wasn't there 20 hours a week when some other people were, but I would go with my mom sometimes, especially on winter break or summer break or as when I went to college. There wasn't a jazzercise, surprisingly, in Evanston, even though it started there. So when I would come oh, that's home, interesting. I would, yeah, I know. <laughs> what? I mean, maybe if you had a car and you could drive to Skokie, but I didn't have a car in college, you know. So I would keep coming home and I wasn't in like tap or belly anymore. So I would go to class with her and I just loved it. And I sort of became, I mean, they had known me my whole life, right? Because my mom had been there forever taking classes and I would tag along. And I really loved these women that were teaching. And like one of my mom's best friends was the owner of the studio in Kansas City. And she was just great. Like she was so funny. Like I would go to her classes and I would laugh. And, you know, especially during some of those formative years when you're like trying to figure out who you are or being secure of your body. And this was just such a positive place. And, you know, no one was telling me about my turnout. Like I wasn't looking at a mirror anymore, like at a ballet bar. And I just had so much fun. And like, mm. quite frankly, I was good at it. You know? so, <laughs> nice, so, like, nice. That was nice too, because like I had dance background. So like I had the rhythm, right. And I knew how to do a grapevine. Hey. And just certain things are easier when you're younger. Like, jumping and getting your knees up and different things. But so, I mean, I loved this one instructor. And then there were a couple of other instructors that I really admired too, just how they taught. Like it was just fun. Like you'd forget Mm. that you were working out because they would make you laugh and you just wanted to be their friend. So then I went to grad school in Kansas and there was a jazzercise studio like five minutes from where I lived. Nice. So I, I started going all the time and a couple of people started asking me about, you know, had I ever thought of being an instructor and it's, it had all sort of been on my dream list by then because I thought it was fun and that I could have the personality to do it. When someone asks, hey, have you ever thought of being an instructor? How'd that make you feel? Fantastic. You know, <laughs> I mean, to be like the best or considered good enough to do this of like yeah. people that I admired. I was like, yes, I had thought of it, but that wasn't the time to do it. And just to backtrack, I had watched my mom. She had really considered becoming an instructor. Oh, yeah. It is quite a process to be an instructor, and she went through part of it, but I have a twin brother, and at that point, my twin brother and I were still in high school, and she just realized that she probably didn't have the time to do it yeah, because she wanted to spend it with us because we were going to go to college soon, and it was limited time. So I did jazzercise in Kansas, and then I moved to St. Louis after I got married, and I immediately found a jazzercise there and started taking classes and again got approached and... At that point, I was like, my husband was in medical school. So we were sort of waiting to see where we were going to match and end up. And we ended up matching in St. Louis. So he matched in March of 2013. And by September of 2013, I was an instructor. I fell in love with Judy Shepard Missett's motto of like, you don't have to have perfect technique, like in the dance world, to love jazzercise and be able to do it well. Oh, yeah. And then I had these really good instructors as role models. And I just thought, you know, what? I think I can do this. And I've loved it. It's interesting you came from more the traditional like tap and ballet, where I feel like perfection is what 
you're supposed to be achieving, right? Mm -hmm. Like, unless I'm wrong there, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels Mm -hmm. like in that, you know, the technique is so that you are in every bit of lockstep. And so to have something where fun is emphasized over Mm -hmm. that, you still need it, but it's not like the ultimate. Mm -hmm. I know about a lot of people who pursue something like more formal types of arts and sometimes production. <laughs> like music, right? And sometimes yeah. the technicality gets in the way of the enjoyment. And it's like, yeah. it's so much of a like down to the specifics that you can't really like enjoy what you're doing anymore. No, I think that's a really good point. And like, I guess also to, to touch on where the fun part is like in college, I ran on a treadmill and I hated every second of yeah. it because I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not a runner. And there is a lot about the camaraderie of people around you, you know, where you become friends or, you know, like when I had my first baby in St. Louis, they threw me a baby shower, you know, like they start loving you, you know, and you love them too. And like, I don't love a treadmill, you know, (laughs) know? and and I didn't find any enjoyment out of that besides like, okay, well, I got my steps in sort of thing. Like, I know I'm doing something good for my body at Jazzercise. Like I sweat every single time. It's a fabulous workout and it keeps changing, which I know we'll talk about too. Oh, yeah. Now, Chris, I'm assuming yours is going to be of similar length and detail. Do you recall when <laughs> you first encountered Jazzercise in your life? Well, I I think what's going to happen is I'm going to do that thing where I don't think it was actual Jazzercise. I think it was more aerobic fitness, Yeah, uh, but not specifically the brand Jazzercise and the memory is my mom would do workouts at mm-hmm. home and sure. she had one in particular I remember called the All-American Workout. The instructor <laughs> oh, Yep. The instructor's name was Butch and Butch had this like Ooh, very specific what? voice. It's the All-American Workout. Like <laughs> oh it was so good. And my brother and I, we would like not make fun of but just like imitate his voice and routine. I just remember some of the things that he said verbatim even though it's 40 years ago almost oh, at this God. point. And you definitely had the Lycra and the leotards and the singlets. And I'm quite happy to say I feel like workout clothes have evolved quite a bit since uh, the 80s. Um, there's evolved. definitely a... Ser- I, would, I, I would say I mean, they've changed. I, I don't know about evolution. I mean, come on now. The neon, the the the, the leg warmers, the sweatbands. I feel like a stuff. yoga pant now is very much subdued compared to it's the true. like yes. boom in your face of like right. spandex. And- I'm working out! Right. right. But anyway, like I tried to look this up so I could show you guys the tape. I can't find it anywhere. I think he was a local guy. And if I if memory serves me, I think he was also a Chippendales dancer. So obviously he was fit. Like the dude was fit. So anyway, that's my main memory of this. But again, I don't think it was Jazzercise per se. I think it was more maybe an evolution of that. But I think that speaks to the popularity and the success of Jazzercise is like when people think of group fitness in the 80s, they just assume that's Jazzercise. Yeah. That people are together in neon like we're at a studio. It's like we call all tissues Kleenex. We talk yeah. you know, cotton swabs or Q-tips. Like the brand has become the thing as exactly. well. It's synonymous in our heads. It's like if it, from 30 years from now, if you rode a stationary bike, everyone was like, oh, yeah, you remember Peloton back in the like, the 20 teens? Everyone right. was Peloton in. And you're like, well, no, a lot of people had stationary bikes or did speed yeah. flats. I'm not all Pelotons. <laughs> right. Absolutely. But that's how popular Jazz is. Well, I... I'm terrible. It's another Michael Jackson situation of thriller where like exercise for me was always in the zeitgeist. It was just whenever I thought of exercise in the 80s, unfortunately, I'm so sorry, Whitney. It was the stereotype of like neon and lycra and all the all the bands and stuff. 
The closest encounter I really had with it was in college, a, a ska band I loved called Johnny Sacco came and played. And randomly they gave away, they like they were staying with their mom who lived in that city. And their mom had an old Jazzercise tape and they all signed the tape. And they're like, oh, who wants my mom's Jazzercise VHS? <laughs> oh and God. I won it because you had to get out and like, dance really hard. So I danced real hard for a VHS and Jazzercise. It? It's, in, it's in the old, uh, the old station. Oh, I think it's man. the second one. Like more Jazzercise. I think it's the sequel. Nice. Oh, that could be worth a lot of money. With the well, it's, well, but it's these this is random ska band oh, signatures. True. If it was Missed signature, then it probably has some money on it. But still, it's it's a collectible now. Oh yeah, we've heard Whitney's fitness class background. Christopher, have you attended either one-off or regularly like organized fitness group fitness programs? I've taken a Tai Chi class before. Accounts. But most recently, Ben, you and I, in preparation for this topic, went our own little adventure, our own jazzercise adventure. Did we not? Listeners, I know we keep trying to tell you, and maybe some of you appreciate, that we work real hard on our research for every <laughs> single topic. May I remind you, I watched uh, Christmas Story 2 for you people. He watched this Christmas is, Story 2. That's a level two. of dedication you need to understand. Bonkers. You know, we track down the Harry and the Henderson's house. You know, we do these things for you, class of 80s high. But never have we gone so far as actually having taken a modern jazzercise class to prepare for the show, which we did! That's for right. For you. That's right. Uh, Whitney gave us a great recommendation from her uh, studio where she taught here before departing beloved Seattle. And uh, Whitney, like, tell us about that studio or, or what you know about it or, or your experience there. So I taught there for a year. It was mostly subbing because, you know, everyone knew I was just going to be there for a year based on what was going on in our lives. But... Like any jazzercise studio that you will find, everyone is very welcoming and very kind and they want to support you and everyone loves to have a sub on hand because life happens, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. you always need someone. So it's a successful studio and they, you know, offer multiple classes a day. And before we moved out there, I specifically made sure that I could find a studio that I could teach at because I knew like that's another great thing. I've moved around a bit, but everywhere I've moved, there's jazzercise. And when you move, you can feel isolated a lot, right? But yeah. with jazzercise, you get friends, you know, and you, yeah. you have a community. When you're getting your certification, is it like the med school matching where you're like, I want to teach in Tahiti, <laughs> yeah. Sydney, or Paris, and then well, like Paris has only, to weigh in? You, you get a lot more choice when you're a jazzercise instructor. So um, cool. but th there are like forms that you have to fill out and they need to know where you are right so like i had to have like a transfer form when i moved to seattle a transfer form when i moved oh, to minnesota like it's a business and they know how to keep it running well chris do you want to tell our listeners about the business of your workout and jazzercise well yeah so i mean we took a class that i believe was hybrid in studio online ben okay, and i yeah. took Took it online. I think yeah. we're the only two online Oh, uh, so you students. weren't in studio. Okay. We weren't, and mostly because of COVID restrictions. But, I totally uh, get it. Yeah. So from the comfort of our living rooms, did it. And we took a, what was it called? Strength 45 class. Strength 45 band. with instructor Amy. Amy, who is a delight. Thank you, Amy. You were awesome. You were amazing. She was great. 
And I mean, not only was she exercising, but she was exercising with a mask on and everything. And I have to imagine mm-hmm. that's even extra workout. Yeah. But this was 45 minutes of mostly strength uh, mm-hmm. exercise. And so I don't know that we had as much of the aerobic aspect of it that I think Ben and I were expecting. But like a lot of people have said in comments, both from our like class of 80s high quizzes or just people on some of these videos I've watched, like it takes it out of you. It's a, it's a lot of work. If you think it's going to be like, oh, I'll go and I'll break like a minor sweat. Ha ha. Think again. Like it's good. good. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Well, you'll just have to attend another class to get the cardio. That's so. true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. It was a great workout, especially the next day. My hips and abs were dying, mm-hmm. uh, but it was full body lightweights. There was a little floor work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think to Chris's point, like by the end, there was nary a dance move. And I was like, this can't yeah. be pure jazzercise like where's where's the dancing and to your point Winnie which which will be really neat to hear your take on it like there was not a single song played that came out before 2010 it was all very relatively modern Mm -hmm. music which again and if your head is this Mm -hmm. 80s synth wave to the jazzercise that's not what it is at all it's not 80s pop no there's a lot of rules about that too so like as instructors we get Well, it used to be you got five times a year, about 30 different routines to certain music. Okay. And so then you have to, you know, buy the music on iTunes and learn that routine and put it in your set. And you have to have like six current routines. And current now is um, a routine from the past 12 months. But then you can have like some songs that are five years older, but only one true oldie that's a 10-year-older routine because they, they want it to be current. Right. Hold on. A quote-unquote true oldie is considered just 10 years ago? I know, and there's a lot more than that. Oh, God, that hurts. <laughs> I know a lot more than that. So, like oh, in my set right hurts. now, I have Ed Sheeran. I have David Guetta. I have Kylie Minogue. I have a lot of people you might not have heard of, but they're all current. But anyway, so the format you had is, again, like, she got all those routines. Like, she didn't come up with any of them on her own. Jazzercise Corporate comes up with them and sends them out to us. But that format is very specific. Like, she has to have three ab, three upper torso, three glute routines, mm. glute or leg. But Jazzercise originally, the form, well, originally, at least, let's say when I started instructing, the format is about 40 minutes cardio, 20 minutes strength, and it goes on a, like a, a roller coaster curve. That's what we call now a dance mix class. So all you listeners, if you're looking on the schedule and you see it labeled as dance mix, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get about 40 minutes of cardio, 20 minutes of strength. And in that strength, you have to hit upper torso, ab, glutes. Usually there's another or maybe two more strength routines and either an ender that's more of a stretch or has more workout in it, either it's arms or core or whatever. But then to be current, Jazzercise has come up with all these different versions. So there you could take a strike class, which is mostly like kickboxing routines or a core class or these strength classes, or maybe an express class, which is going to be a 30 minute class, about 20 minutes cardio, 10 minutes strength, you know, just to help fit in whatever schedule you have. Right. And now there's interval training too, where you do like cardio, cardio, strength, cardio, cardio, strength, cardio, cardio, strength. So like we are current people and we make, <laughs> and it, that's the point too, is that you can come and your workout could feel completely different the next day because either you have a different instructor who picked different routines or it's a different format. So yes, what you guys went to is definitely an awesome class, but you're not going to get the cardio 
in that sort of format. Well, then we're just gonna have to try the other ones. It's the only answer we have. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, so like you said, Whitney, you know, it's all about staying modern and modernizing to current music and fashion trends. Mm-hmm. And one might not find leg warmers and leotards today. Uh, but Chris, we did ask the 80s high about fashion in Jazzercise, correct? We did, because this is an 80s podcast. We were talking a lot about the evolution of Jazzercise, but we do want to talk about the 80s. 80s-osity? Is that a word? I mean, 80s-osity. Sure it is. The like 80s-osity cool. of it. Sure, it's a thing. So we did put it out to our class of 80s high, and we asked some questions on Instagram and Twitter. What is essential to your Jazzercise outfit? And we made them choose between sweatbands or leg warmers. Mm. Do you have an answer, Whitney? Do you want to weigh in if you didn't Whitney, take it? you are our star instructor <sighs> here. Where do you think the a class of 80s instructor. high landed? It's very kind. Well, I personally would go with a sweatband because I sweat a lot, but I'm, I'm sure mm. it went leg warmers. Mm. You are 100% correct. So on yeah. Instagram, it was 60-40 leg warmers yeah. essential. Twitter, 68 for leg warmers. Oh, yeah. you got to love a good leg warmer. So I, I mean, get it. come on now. 20% did say, why must I choose? So there was, <laughs> a, because Twitter allows us to ask more than just two response questions, we did get a little bit of like, how dare you make me choose. So that was about a fifth of our That's folks. Great. We had a couple comments as well. We had a fellow podcast, F My Life, <laughs> that <laughs> said, Jazzercise is still going strong. I have two friends that are obsessed with it. Boom. Right Boom. there. I want to be that person's friend. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This Dustin said, I'd say Unitard stand out for me. Obviously. Great. That's that classic look. Mm-hmm. And Kelly Madden said, I hurt myself in an 80s dance fitness class last <gasps> month and had to go on muscle relaxers. Oh, Ouch. No. Wow. That was, that was intense. Butch's friend said the headband and wristbands were essential to complete the ensemble. And Jazzy Me, exclamation point, said hot pink, sparkly leotard, purple tights, sparkly purple leg warmers, and white shoes. Think Lisa Frank style. <laughs> Hold on. You said, Butch's, you said Butch's friend. Is that you on Twitter having taken the Butch's All-American workout video? It was a uh, responder to our quiz who did not come up with a fun name. Okay. This may or may not have been my brother, so <laughs> who also remembers the All-American Workout by Butch. It's my brother, Jim. It's my brother, Jim. Uh, look, I realize I, I now know how dated I was, but I will put it up on Instagram this week. I did, to our jazz science class, wear both sweatbands and leg warmers. Just just to really immerse go. myself. I, That's true, you did. And I couldn't see anybody else except the instructor, so I didn't know how everybody else was dressed. Now I know. Now I That's know. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1985, a little movie came out to try and capture that zeitgeist of mm. aerobic popularity and jazzercise called Perfect. Yeah. Now, Chris, you could watch A Christmas Story 2, but you could not <sighs> bring yourself to watch Perfect. I also watched the movie Battleship. I'm just remembering all the terrible things oh, I watched for this show. God. Okay, I will admit, you explained a particular scene to me, and I said... I cannot watch this. I've laid on my sword too many times for this show. Yeah. But you watched it, Ben, full, right? Like the full movie. Top to bottom. So, so real mm. fast, John Travolta. This is John Travolta in 1985. Hey, we is, finally get to actually talk about John Travolta and not all the things he was overlooked for. Because right. we've mentioned him like four times. Actually, Wendy, you mentioned the big episode you watched. Mm-hmm. He was up for big, I think. It was yeah. box office oh, poison. Really? I think we talked about right. that. Yeah. Crazy. But um, 
He's finally in a movie. We get to talk right. about So Travolta's <laughs> a reporter for Rolling Stone. He's shipped out of New York, off to L.A. to go find out what the whole health craze is going up, these group classes. And he discovers Jamie Lee Curtis at this gym, who is like everyone's favorite, totally over-the-top, amazing aerobic instructor. Would you say she's loosely based off of Judy, maybe? I could say loosely. She doesn't have like the over-the-top, like super positive peppy. Okay. She's, she's kind of intense. You find out there's drama. She's an ex-Olympian. There's there's a lot of drama. But they've sparks fly. They fall. I mean, love. I heard Judy carried a they torch. Is all I'm saying. Ooh, I'm just saying. Oh my god! Six <laughs> degrees. Six degrees. Of Judy. <laughs> I'm just saying. This might be Judy. We don't realize it. So it's no, definitely not Judy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack in this movie, and some, if we're trying to not have an explicit tag, we can't cover on this show. Oof. But two things before we get to the fun part. One, which I want you both to to weigh on, which I think is kind of interesting. As Travolta's writing his drafts of what this story is going to be about why aerobics are so popular at this time, his leading theory is that because of Watergate in Vietnam, people don't trust the government or their doctors to take care of them anymore. So they're turning to, like, independent health and, like, they're taking ownership of their health and looking to these classes to take ownership of their own health because they can't rely on anybody. (laughs) Hear me out. I know that sounds crazy, but I look at – you look at, like – you look at the United States today. Insanely expensive health care. A lot of communities have difficulty accessing healthy food or affording healthy alternatives. I could maybe see an ounce of it. I'm not saying I buy it, but I see an ounce of it. How do you feel as this is a reason for that this is so popular? I have thoughts, but Whitney, do you want to chime in? Or I mean, it's a little speechless. Like, I mean, I guess, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I know people have a lot of skepticism right now with doctors, which I don't agree with, but like jazzercise dance aerobics is just fun i don't i don't yeah. see the tie to watergate personally but <laughs> right, right. Elite, i, I also elite. have not watched this movie so i feel like it's more rooted in you know kind of the history that you both shared with us about jazzercise and judy's you know kind of journey and i also think about just like the fitness craze in general and you think about oh gosh was it like kellogg the cereal magnate wasn't it i think kellogg was like huge into like fitness and wellness and i just think there was like an ongoing trend that in culture about like you know prior to a certain time people didn't go to the gym to your point ben Mm -hmm. earlier it's like Women weren't going to gyms because it was like a place for men to go, but it didn't used to be that we would like all go to these workout centers and do a thing. Yeah. Like that's that's also a a trend that came up and I can't remember the time frame exactly, but like you know, there's a lot of like male fitness instructors and strength and bodybuilding. Like that didn't used to be a thing. And so right. I would attribute it probably more to that, but Maybe John had an angle we didn't see. Who knows? Maybe he was the Malcolm Gladwell of our time where he finds the underlying trends that society misses. Who knows? I'll tell you what. John had several angles that we all got a really close look at. So there was this scene that I begged you both Hold on. Trigger warning. (laughs) Yeah. Trigger warning. If there's children in the car, fast forward about 30 seconds. I do want to point out, before I get into this, Jamie Lee Curtis is in insane shape for this movie. So kudos for her. Whatever she did to get ready for this film, bravo. It's amazing. So there's this scene. It's the morning after her and Travolta have hooked up for the first time. So there's a lot of energy going on. And he attends her first class in the morning. Just look out perfect, wear out the groove. 
That will get you the scene you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. You know what? what It's so filthy. I'm not even going to put it in the show notes. That's how filthy this is. Please don't put it in the show notes. (laughs) But if you're curious, it's a four minute, 30 second video clip. Right. So she's in a leotard and Travolta's in what's something that could barely be called shorts. They barely classify as clothing. They are shorty shorts. And just kind of, I don't know, how's how's this play out? What'd you think about it? (laughs) I called this four and a half minutes of contactless sexuality. (laughs) One commenter on YouTube said it was a room full of people dry humping the air to cheesy 80s music. Oof. We get gyrations. We get hip thrusts. Revealing short shorts has been mentioned. Muscle tanks. Facial expressions. A lot of silent dirty talk from Jamie's character. Did I miss it? She's like mouthing words, but I didn't hear her dialogue at all, right? Did I miss something, you two? You need to rent the triple X version to hear what she's actually saying. It's really uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable flirtation in a room full of people. Yes. Yes. Whitney, we asked you to endure it. Thank you for (sighs) doing that. What are your thoughts? That is not jazzercise. I can tell you that. I mean... uh, It's basically just four and a half minutes of pelvic thrusts, which you're not going to have four and a half minutes of pelvic thrusts in a jazzercise Mm. class, I can tell you that. But, I mean, I have not watched the whole movie. I've only watched that snippet, but it's just silly nonsense, you know? (laughs) I mean, it's not a good representation, I think, for the fitness field. I know exercise is not supposed to be uncomfortable, but this was really uncomfortable. This was really uncomfortable. Well, I have been working up one heck of an appetite in oh, yeah. chemistry, and I've heard there's this new cool startup in the cafeteria called Domino's I want to go check out. <laughs> uh, they're spreading all over the nation. Can I heard it's the bite? top franchise, top the expanded top franchise. T- for now. For now. Um, so let's, let's grab a bite, and then let's uh, let's head off to contemporary culture after that to see kind of where Jazzercise uh, went after that, what else it inspired. I love it. It's your call. You can enjoy the fresh-baked quality from Domino's Pizza or take your chances with the Noid. You can have pizza made to your order or... You can count on our famous 30-minute delivery or... You can taste the quality from Domino's Pizza, so avoid the Noid. Domino's Pizza delivers. Call now. Northwest Fitness is your complete fitness, fashion, and activewear outfitter. The shoe wall gives you 100 styles to choose from. Tiger gel lights are just $64.95. Spring activewear keeps you warm and dry. Hind tights are just $26.95. There's a huge selection of fleece warm-ups. Russell separates start at $7.95. Look your best in Speedo swimwear. And Northwest Fitness is the exercise store. Avita 950 SL rowers are just $2.89. For fitness, fashion, and activewear, it's Northwest Fitness, where Sandy meets Burnside. So Whitney, we ate way too much greasy pizza at lunch. As an instructor, what would you recommend somebody eat after a jazzercise workout? Well, I personally like some chocolate milk because it's Ooh. protein. Ooh. Yeah. And refreshing and cold. So yeah. I mean, I, I always tell people to have protein and then I usually, you know, grab a glass of chocolate milk too. Would you ever recommend pizza? Probably not, but okay, I mean, it, but at the same time, I mean, not, not immediately after, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I mean, I, I love desserts, so I do talk mm. a lot about how, well, 
you got your workout in, so now you can treat yourself. So mm. why not? I like a good piece of dark chocolate myself. Yeah. And you eat a piece of dark chocolate anytime. There's no moment that you are like, now I need to eat my dark chocolate. It's like, I'm always. like, I got off the couch. I should treat myself. So. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we're in contemporary culture. Where does Jazzercise sit now? Ooh, look at the date. 2022. Bum, yeah. bum, <laughs> well, it stays in the family. Mrs. Daughter, Shanna is president and CEO today of Jazzercise. But Missit is still active. She's still doing like TV appearances and events. She's still doing Jazzercise. Unlike that dirtbag bank that would not give her a loan, right. it is going, mm-hmm. this empire is a going strong. Right. Whitney, I saw some videos online of both Shanna and her mom making appearances at like conferences and events and mm-hmm. things like that. Have you gotten to meet the original Colonel, Popcorn Colonel from the skillet? Yeah, don't you know it? Yeah, I went to a conference in Dallas, Texas. It was ah. summer 2015. My mom and I went together. Cool. So they used to host these awesome, you know, jazzercise all weekend conference events where they would also tape new routines. And so my mom and I just thought it'd be really fun to go. And it was great. I mean, you literally dance all day. And they also have specialty choreographers come and lead classes. And you can shop for your apparel and everything. But my mom and I got a picture with them. You know, I mean, I I don't know them like super personally, but it was a nice moment. I can tell you that. That's awesome. We always hear don't meet your heroes. How did the meeting go? What was it like? It was okay? It was fabulous. I mean, I thought, I think they thought we were sort of cute because it's two mother-daughter duos. You oh, know? Yeah. But they're lovely people and we admire them. And I mean, you know, we didn't take up very much time because they have a lot of people that want to meet them. But I mean, Judy still teaches classes, you know, she's the founder. And I mean, Shanna is amazing at teaching too. So she's like a powerhouse. She will not stop. That's for sure. Were you able to keep your cool or were you starstruck in front of them? Oh, it was very quick, you know? So yes, I I kept my cool. I didn't like pass out or anything. Okay. I once met Dan Aykroyd while he was on a a big uh, national trip hawking his Crystal Skull vodka. And it was terrible because me, I always thought I'd be cool if I met like an actor that I loved and I could barely talk to him. I was so starstruck. It was as an adult. It was ridiculous. I was ashamed. I'm so glad yours went better. Winnie, I'm going to put you on the spot because you are here to represent Jazzercise today. Yeah. And on their website today, right now, no cheating. Don't touch your keyboard. Under mission, they say what we do. What is Jazzercise's mission today? Oh, dear. I have not memorized that Pledge of Allegiance there. <laughs> I didn't know uh, if it was part of your transfer papers or anything. Oh, know. gosh, maybe. But I've had two kids, so I can't remember it. But um, I mean, I think the mission is just to empower people to... Oh, oh, he is looking at that mission. I'm going to see live fact-checking. Live fact-checking right now. I mean, I, I don't know it quote by quote, but to me, I feel like the mission of Jazzercise is to empower people to be their best selves. Whatever that means to them, if it's being fit or part of a community and just living a positive life. You know, Whitney, Ben invites you here to have this air quotes fun discussion. And now he's the one sitting in the back of the classroom with a binder. Making sure. Yeah. (laughs) He has his cliff notes and I studied or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'll put it this way. I think they need to go through another branding again, new jazzercise, and just put what you just said instead of what they wrote. It's this exact same sentiment, but you had I liked your vocabulary better. Oh, well, so good. I won't even read theirs. Let's go with yours, because that was the spirit <laughs> of it. That was good. 
the philosophy online says, we believe you can create a stronger, happier, healthier life through fitness. We embrace fitness as our way of life. And then there's four more tenets. Inspire, respond, innovate, and give back. The give back thing blew my mind. So jazzercise instructors raise money for all sorts of causes all these different times. And they have raised today more than $28 million for different local charities and causes. Have you been a part of that? Have you done fundraisers through your classes or anything? Yeah, we in St. Louis, we had a student who really sadly lost her son to a disease. Mm. And so we did this big benefit for him and to raise money for research for that disease. And it was very special, you know, and heartwarming. And I mean, everyone just wanted to be a part of it. All different places around the community in St. Louis donated, you know, stuff for gift baskets and Uh. like a silent auction. You know, Jazzercise didn't take any of that money that went straight to that. But I, I loved how Jazzercise could support a member of our own. That's amazing. I think it speaks a lot to like the community building and the sense of community mm-hmm. that the company fosters, I think, and, and the instructors as well as the students, right? And just oh, yeah. do yeah. the business model. That's really cool. I found that Jazzercise also has a Kids Get Fit program, community outreach program for getting kids involved in fitness. They do what they call free dance parties at schools all over the world to get kids into it. Have you done any kids' classes? You know, I have not. And I also know, like, some instructors will go into high schools and, like, as part of the gym unit, introduce it like that, too. Mm. Or there's a junior jazzercise program. I'm not sure, again, how much of that is going on right now, just with COVID times. But, like, you know, two years ago, there would be, like, if an instructor really wanted to lead a junior jazzercise, especially over the summer when, like, kids are looking for something to do, then they could. There's special routines that are made just for certain age kids. Mm. So it's not like a full-length class. It's more like a specialty type thing. So, I mean, I think they, they do their best to really try to reach the age range. Another really cool thing they did, gosh, this was probably three or four years ago. But they gave classes for an entire year free to, I'll have to look it up, but I believe it was 16 to 21-year-olds, like free for an entire year to get people. I mean, we had so many people try it and sign up. That's awesome. I mean, it was a great idea. Like, again, like, especially during this, some of those formative years, like, this is a safe, positive place where like no one's judging you. No one's even looking at you because they're looking at me trying right. to figure out what they're doing. Right. It, it was a really cool initiative. You're obviously a fantastic spokesperson for Jazzercise. So now is a great time for you to make a pitch because Jazzercise, like you've said, always adapts to what's going on right now to be contemporary mm-hmm. and modern. Do you want to tell us about Jazzercise On Demand? Of course I do. Of course you do. <laughs> this was pretty amazing timing. Let's see. I think it was either fall or summer of 2019 that they launched Jazzercise On Demand. Clearly it had been a brainchild and in the works for a long time. But basically it's for anyone that might not have access to a studio close by. I mean, they are all around the country, but you don't always have access or someone that's, you know, really busy or maybe they can't leave their house or whatever. They've created a format where it's on demand, so it's online, and it's a certain amount per month that you pay, which is less than if it's if you were going in person. They have 20-minute classes, 40-minute classes, 60-minute classes. It can be strength. You can focus on – it can be like just abs for 10 minutes, just legs for 10 minutes, or like your whole traditional cardio jazzercise class where they've – I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of videos. And during the pandemic – 
they offered it like, so again, this launched like Mm -hmm. six months, eight months before the pandemic really happens, which was like amazing timing for Jazzercise, right? That they already had this format and they really put a lot more into it. But like I hadn't, I hadn't joined it. Like I was getting my workout in person. I joined it. I am still doing it because I like the freshness of being able to attend someone else's class and get a different workout where I'm not actively thinking about what the next move is. Right. And I have two young kids and it's still a pandemic. So like I'm not really attending classes. So it's a great, great thing and completely timely, right? Like this is by no means showing that Jazzercise in the past, like they are evolving. And I mean, when the pandemic started too, they offered like it free for 90 days. Like they could have earned a lot of money there, you know? But then like people like me who did do that and then they continue it. And some of the instructors that you just love, like Shanna teaches a lot on it. And then there's like this core group that teach on it that you feel like you know, because they're the ones that also teach you the routines for your own classes. Yeah. Highly recommend that. And like, again, I do both, right? I teach and I am a member of this. Yeah, I read actually between December 2019 and December 2020, their on-demand growth was 247% of how many people were using it. it. That's insane. Like insane. Yeah, truly. That's amazing. I mean, if you think about it, gyms were closed for a long time and people didn't have anywhere to go. And so, like you said, it was very timely that they were able to get this up and running, unbeknownst to them, six months prior and be able to offer those free opportunities for people to kind of be invited in. When I think a lot of us were looking for something to do, like, okay, what now? Well, and then they were able to pivot with the pandemic too, where it's like, okay, we're not teaching to people in person, but how can we stream our classes? Mm-hmm. Now, like what you experienced, you could take the class from home. Yeah. And right now there's no plan on stopping that where like you could either choose depending on how things in the world are going to go in person or at home. So like I currently, I'm still teaching in my basement, but I'm streaming it out. Now the studio I teach for is open, but because of like personal reasons, I'm just not teaching in person right now. But the person I teach for is like super accommodating and letting me stream it out so I can still teach. So, I mean, I just think it's great that they know how to evolve. (laughs) Like that's sort of a common theme, I think, with Jazzercise. Right. Yeah, yeah. Chris, you're about to say something? Well, I just wanted to say before we get too far away from the core business, did either of you see or know that Shanna's daughter is now a certified instructor? (gasps) Then the is. third generation. So her daughter, Skyla. So we now have three generations from mm-hmm. the Massette family who are all certified instructors and or a part of the, the core business, which I thought mm-hmm. was really awesome. And she's really good. Like she's a very talented dancer. She just graduated from high school last spring. She goes to University of Iowa. So I think she's teaching there too. But yeah, I think the business is safe. <laughs> So this article I read that mentioned about Skyla joining was about a year old. It was Mm -hmm. uh, January of last year. And it said there's 8,500 franchises in 25 countries around the world. So to your point, Mm -hmm. going quite well. Yeah, it is awesome. On Jazzercise On Demand, there's a really awesome instructor from Italy. He is so good and so fun to watch. So 
Highly recommend. Well, if you're looking for anyone else, I can try to find Butch and see if he's yes. available yeah, to, uh, to come over to Jazzercise and teach some classes. We don't discriminate. He just has to go through the process. Free. So. He has a perfect voice for it, Whitney. <laughs> Jazzercise workout. Whitney, obviously because it is in your blood, it's in your experience, and probably in your contract. You've been so positive about Jazzercise. But I want to ask you, is there anything that either frustrates you about Jazzercise or you feel like the program could do better or a direction you wish you would, you, you could see it go? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, and I've thought about this, but they've been like, so, you know, I've had two babies and that takes some time to recover from, but they give you the time, right? So that's good. Like there's a policy for that, but I've just been really impressed with how they've evolved through these different changes. I mean, it does take time like to put yeah. together a set, and so, um, and, that, and it gets faster, right? You get faster at learning things. I guess maybe that's it, but that's me being a little lazy. It's like, <laughs> sometimes I'd like for the set to come together a little faster, but there's a reason for each move they do to target certain muscles and target certain cardio. So that's more just me, not the business. We've talked a lot about what made Jazzercise so popular and so successful from VCRs to charismatic teachers to the positive body imagery that goes with it. Do you feel like there's anything over the years that has hurt Jazzercise or held Jazzercise back from becoming even more popular? I think a little bit is just things we've talked about, just like the image that people have that they think it's outdated. Mm, yeah. I mean, I read Judy saying like, my biggest competitor is just the couch. <laughs> like, yeah. like there's so many people <laughs> that can work out and would enjoy this, but we just have to get them off the couch. So I don't think that in her mind, she thinks it's the 80s mentality or the outdated and I, I think that's why they keep putting out things like Jazzercise on demand and oh, look, we change our formats and look at this picture of me. I'm not in a unitard, you know, sometimes press like the movie you brought up. Right. Or, um, sorry, the masterpiece that we talked about. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Perfect. It's award winning. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, people will make comments that know nothing about jazzercise, but just the word when they think like eighties trend, that might be a dig, but at the same time, no press is bad press, right? Because it gets your name out and then maybe someone will get to learn the truth about Jazzercise. They'll find this podcast. Get, get and, down to the know. truth. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, you know, I think just those little things maybe. But I, I mean, again, I think Jazzercise has worked really hard to dispel the outdatedness. And then, you know, you have someone like me where you ask about Jazzercise and I won't be quiet for two hours. <laughs> so... Because people get passionate about yeah. it if they like it. Well, it certainly is obviously that Jazzercise is alive and doing well and strong, but it also, in the meantime, has inspired a lot of other things. It established the style and substance of, quote, boutique fitness, which is the fastest growing segment of today's fitness industry. It's valued at $26 billion, just the boutique mm. fitness wow. industry, which is crazy. It's not as much as a single jazzercise instructor can make in a year from what I will be read earlier, uh, but it's pretty good. So not only is it is it sort of like the staple for all sorts of different classes, but also the franchise model of the idea. Uh, groups like Curves and Pure Bar and Barry's Bootcamp all copied this idea of like how to mm-hmm. franchise this out. Mm-hmm. I tried. It was a real deep reach on boutique fitness. But I could not find any connection to 1988's Sweat into the Oldies with Richard Simmons. No connection. I thought there might be. I thought he might be inspired. I could find nothing that connected those two. But I think of like Tybo, CrossFit, Orange Theory, even Peloton, 
although it requires very expensive equipment to participate in, it's still this like organized fitness mm-hmm. class that you're all doing together. Are there are there any other fitness movements or classes you either of you feel it has inspired? I mean, I think Zumba. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah good call out. Yeah, was there yeah, Tai Bo? Wasn't that also another one? Oh, Tai Bo for sure. Yeah. I don't know if the world realizes it, but it was her model, Judy's model, yeah. that did perpetuate all of this. I don't hear about Zumba as much, so go jazzercise, right? Here. <laughs> right, right. It went away of that bank. It's gone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like if you don't drink a lot of wine, then everything is just a red to you. Or, but if you're into it, you know, you know the difference between like Syrah, Merlot, mm-hmm. and a Cab. Like, you know what it's all about. If you haven't taken all of these different types of classes we just mm-hmm. talked about, what do you feel sets Jazzercise apart from the Zumbas and the Taibos and the Orange mm-hmm. Theories and CrossFits? Well, I, I haven't taken a lot of them, so I really can't judge, but mm. it's because I'm mm. happy mm. with my workout, you Ooh, know? yeah. So I don't feel like I need to go anywhere else to get, you know, stronger or to make sure my heart's healthy because I get my cardio and strength and I know it's working. Like I can see it's working and feel it's working, but I have been to a few and sort of what I was saying earlier is like a couple of times I was just like, well, one, I didn't feel like I got a workout. Mm, and yeah. then is there any, I don't know if regulations are the right word, but like we have a protocol, right? Like we all are getting these same well, they're not DVDs anymore, it's streamed, but of what routines and where they go on our set. Do they go at the top of the curve? Do they go at the bottom of the curve? Versus like, sometimes I feel like I can see at one of these other fitness things, an instructor sort of like thinking about it and winging it. And I don't break a sweat, you know? And, And like, I know how to dance. I know how to move my body where if I'm doing it as hard as I can, I should break a sweat. Again, is it regulations? Is it like, I don't know enough about that business to know how they put together a class. Mm, But I know mm. about mine. I think that also makes me feel so good about teaching it. I know it works. And I also know there's a reason why it works. Mm -hmm. Again, it's what you put in that you get out. June 25th, 2019, Misset's Memoir comes out, which... It's a great book, but also might get the award for one of the longest books ever written. Uh, <laughs> longest titles of a book ever written. Yeah. Cool. It's called Building a Business with a Beat, Leadership Lessons from Jazzercise, an Empire Built on Passion, Purpose, and Heart. That's the full book title. I mean, she has a lot to say. She does have a lot to say. Uh, I will throw out right now, it does have four and a half stars on Amazon, which is the same as Teddy Ruxpin. So at least they're like equal what we just mm-hmm. talked about. Since it says Leadership Lessons from Jazzercise, and you are a Jazzercise leader, I'm assuming you've read this book. I hate to disappoint (gasps) you, but I have not. I I did give it to my mother. I gave it to my mother as like a Christmas gift, but you said June of 2019, right? Yeah, it's pretty new. It's pretty fresh. Yeah, I had a baby in May of 2019 and moved across the country, so you were kind of busy. Doesn't excuse the fact that we're almost three years later and I haven't read it, but no, I... I apologize. I'm an instructor. I'm not the head of the business. You don't have a superstar here. so Ben loves to call me out on stuff. And so it's only natural that he calls out our other hosts too. I thought it was like mandatory to read it if you were an instructor or something. I don't know. So one of the challenges that Jazzercise has faced is pop culture. This continuing Mm -hmm. stigma of neon and leggings and 80s music. Pop culture has made a lot of references to Jazzercise. Mm-hmm. You find it in Futurama, The Daily Show, Stranger Things, Taxi, 
even how the Grinch stole Christmas. We were just watching for yes. Christmas. Ron yes. Howard's version. He's like, oh, I have a jazzercise class. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's on the Golden Girls. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. recently Betty White. I know. Just yeah. pour one out. Uh, Troop Beverly Hills, Flight of the Concords. It's even in the Sims mm-hmm. 2 game. Your Sim mm-hmm. can become like oh, a nice. jazzercise instructor. Oh, that's uh, great. It's in Glee. Uh, have either of you seen Jazzercise mentioned anywhere else in any TV, film, movies? I haven't watched it, but I, I know it was mentioned in the Goldbergs. And then it's just also mentioned in general. Like, I'm highly confident that like Savannah Guthrie of the Today Show, she was a jazzercise instructor. Ah. Right? And I'm pretty sure Jenna Bush Hager, like they've mentioned this, you know, they went to classes together. I don't think Savannah was her instructor, but they just went to some classes. So I could be wrong, but at least in my Today Show experience, this has been mentioned before. So, you know, it's just like people will talk about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I do want to get to one of the the clips that we all watched. Uh, we've talked about Key and Peel on the show before. We talked about the Gremlins 2 uh, pitch meeting so when good. we talked it's about in. Gremlins. It's in. It's in the movie. They do a great sketch called aerobics meltdown you can go check it out it's a parody of an actual aerobic championship it's called the crystal light that's a great 80s reference by the way do right? y'all remember crystal Sponsored light like the crystal powder light. you put in the drink yeah. oh my gosh parody of the crystal light national aerobic championship specifically it says from 1987 so Tai Par had this really catchy song called national aerobic championship theme mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and these are like all very fit people they're coming out they're clapping they're dancing they're doing oh you it know, is high energy they are ready to rock and roll it's a very different vibe than say watching a Judy Massette video but very much I think to our earlier points what people think about almost exclusively when they think of jazzercise so in typical Key and Peel fashion, it starts off, it looks like an 80s VHS. It's got like the the names pop up and Key and Peel come out, their characters, they're kind of cheesing it up, doing their stuff. And then it cuts to this scene where you're in the studio and like the director's giving, let's see, it's uh, Key and Michael Key's character. He's feeding him all of these like awful messages on this cue card about his wife and son are in a car accident. Anyway, you kind of have to watch it to see it, but it's just taking something that we all know, but then turning it on its head a little bit. Oh, it's just going to be a funny parody of Jazzercise. Oh, but it becomes something completely different. Absolutely. And that song comes up again, talking about twisting things on their head of what you expected them to be. So there's a video meme that has sort of come out of Jazzercise slash aerobics. And again, it's that song. It is a clip from the 1987 Crystal Light National Aerobic Championship at the Hollywood Center Studios in Hollywood, California. Um, and they're all coming out and dancing to it. But it's been video memed where people play different music over it than like the traditional 80s, like the da 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 the theme song. Da, 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 and then like yeah. they, they sync it up. And probably the weirdest but funniest one is they do it to Rob Zombie's Dragula. <laughs> so it's like really, Does it work? really, I, you know, well, you can tell they've actually slowed down the dance number a little bit to make it fit. I was going to say, I don't know the time signature of that song right. quite fits. But it's just interesting to watch like, uh, you know, the positive over the top energy smiling faces of this aerobic competition to like house music, like angry Dragula. It's, it's yeah. kind of funny. It's funny. It's good. <laughs> With that being said, it is time for us to pick up the weights in our Strength 45 class in Jazzercise <laughs> and figure out how Jazzercise holds up today in 2022 down in math class. Let's head on down the hallway. Let's go to the weight room. Let's go, let's go to the weight there room. There you go. 
we're in the weight room. I'm on the scales. I've got a barbell in this hand. I've got uh, what else do I have in this hand? A chocolate milk. A chocolate a kettlebell. You could, you, kettlebell. You could have a resistance band. We use yeah. those. Oh too. yeah, the resistance yeah. band. I'm using a Suzanne Summers thigh master. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, look what Jazzercise has done for this gym. Look how accepting and welcoming this feels for everybody. And does it look how so everybody positive. feels welcome? Yeah. I love it. Whitney, I think we know where you're going to stand. So we're going to leave you till last to drop the mic on how Jazzercise lives up today. But I'm going to be really selfish and I'm going to go first. And I'm just I'm, I'm just going to say Jazzercise, when I say that word, whatever just came into your mind, listener, that aesthetic is so fun. And I think that's one of the, the positives and challenges of Jazzercise is that helps gets the word out of Jazzercise. We all remember the neon and the 80s music because the 80s was such a great decade for music, but it also works against it because Jazzercise is working hard not to be defined by that anymore. But it's such a fun aesthetic. As we learn, that aesthetic of Jazzercise is not what is today. And it is, to some, sort of an unfortunate lampoon of jazzercise that is maybe not so much appreciated by those in the jazzercise world anymore, but it can be fun in the right in the right context. I think what holds up super well is what jazzercise established, which is this culture of like body positive, supportive. We're gonna do this. It's not gonna be as strict and hardcore as ballet, but the environment that it created coming out of a super critical time, at least in Western history and Western culture, to really launch it. Obviously, it's doing super well. We talked about its financial success today. 8,200 different studios, did you say, or instructors? 8,200? 8,500 franchises. That's not instructors. That's just franchises. That's just franchises. That's the business. So it's obviously doing well. We took a class. It was a heck of a workout. I was sore for days later. So I think what Jazzercise has morphed into is very contemporary and holds up very well today. Uh, And what Jazzercise was in the 80s is fun it's nostalgic. It's a great outfit if you want to wear it to a Halloween party. But Dad Jazzercise has kind of left the station and is not really around anymore. Christopher, I pass the, the, the weight and the strength resistance band back to you for how you feel about how it holds up. Okay. What I'm most connected with, I think, is how Jazzercise was part of a trend that we talked about of empowerment for women, economic independence, yeah. and affirming that women have agency over their own bodies, not their husbands, not society, which unfortunately is still a struggle we face today. Mm-hmm. But that really resonated with me. I like to say that Jazzercise wasn't just about movement. It was a movement. Whoa. Oh, hey. Boom. Boom. Oh, that should be trademarked. Right yeah, you got you to use oh. that in the future. Put I that know. in the new mission statement when you yeah, revamp it. I love exactly. that. I'm going to say that in my next class. <laughs> You've got Please. to. Please. Please. I give it to everyone. Jazzercise, it's energetic. It's joyful. It's brimming with positivity. With so much of that, obviously due to its founder, Judy Shepard Massette, she's a true force. And I'm glad it stayed the course, and it's continued to be an exercise that people enjoy to this day. I mean, if you look at our modern society, we have more screen time, we have more desk work. It's easier to not get as much movement as we need to get. On the flip side, our technology is also offering so many more ways for us to get that inspiration and time to move and feel our own body through taking these on-demand or online streaming courses, which is great. Looking at what doesn't hold up, I mean, haha, the fashion obviously doesn't. I've joked about it before. Again, this is an 80s podcast, so that aspect of it is obviously very dated. And as we've mentioned, sometimes pegs it as something that's only in the past. 
What's more serious, and, and I wanted to talk more about this, but we kind of ran out of time. In some of the videos, specifically from the 80s, I felt there was a little bit of a lack of representation mm, in the videos. Yeah, yeah. I did try to watch several to check myself. Before you wrecked yourself. Yes, indeed. The majority of the instructors or participants, uh, a lot were white, uh, a lot were thin, toned, and you know, I saw some people of color. I didn't see a lot of people with different body shapes and sizes. That's not anything specifically about jazzercise not inviting folks in. But I also know that sometimes it can be a barrier to viewers if they don't see themselves in the activity. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I know exercise is obviously an aspirational activity. And I hope and think and believe that these days we're more likely to see a broader spectrum of people who are step into the groove, feeling good in their bodies, which obviously fits perfectly with the positive spirit of jazzercise. There it is. Fantastic recap. It's great. Whitney, here's your moment of the show to give us a huge shocker surprise twist that you're an Orange Theory plant and tell us why <laughs> Orange Theory. No, tell us, you know, bring us on home. How do you feel that Jazzercise holds up today? I think it completely holds up. I mean, if, if you go to a class, if you take two classes even in one week and they'd be different. I think you could tell that it holds up against other fitness trends because, again, it's whatever you put in that you will get out based on the moves and the strength work and everything like, you know, your body the best. And I think that's one of the best things is, you know, we're not coming around like, again, I go back to ballet class where they lifted your arm for you. Like, we're not coming around and making sure that you're doing everything right. Like, we trust that you are an adult and you know how your body works, but we give you safety tips and we make sure that people aren't using too heavy of weights. But I think the only thing that doesn't work is maybe someone's idea of it. But if you go and you experience Mm. it, and again, not just the physical action of it, but also the warmth and the positivity, you're never going to want to leave. Yeah. It's the most positive place that I've found to get a workout, especially if you're wanting a friend like you can go to jazzercise and you can make a lifelong friend and it's really helped me when i've moved from state to state Mm. people are positive and also you know what's going to happen okay maybe this routine is a surprise but there's a comfort piece you know i always say every jazzercise song does end so (laughs) you know if it's (laughs) if it's a really hard routine it will end It's great. I love talking about it. I love um, teaching it and just being part of it. Fantastic. Whitney, we cannot thank you enough for coming on 80s High and teaching us about jazzercise. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's been fun. I can't wait to hear the final product. Heck yeah! Let us know when you're going to do one of your uh, one of your online classes, and maybe if if, if it's okay, we'll attend one of yours to see your style. That'd be really fun. I'll I'll work it out. That would be awesome. Literally, right? Hey. Yes, right. <laughs> Boom. I love it. But we cannot leave any mm. class of 80s high without knowing what kind of homework we need to do for the next episode. Christopher, what yeah. can our listeners look forward to? So, Whitney, this is optional homework for you, but Ben... <laughs> required mandatory uh, mandatory dang it so for our next episode i did want to continue your direction of trying something new in this new year Mm -hmm. uh, by picking another topic we haven't done before oh but it won't surprise you ben because i've talked for a long time off show about doing an episode about stand-up comedy 
Okay. Oh, oh, okay. The trick, though, has been finding a comedian or a special that I wanted to highlight, especially one that would fit easily with our non-explicit show. Ooh, challenge. Challenge from the 80s. Can be. Andrew Dice Clay. I'm looking forward to it. This will be great. Okay, fantastic. (laughs) And then as inspiration finally did strike, Mm. uh, when I came across a familiar but forgotten name. And the more I read about this comedian, the more I knew I wanted her to be the star of our next episode. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So let's go back to 1986 when Elaine Boozler became the first woman to get her own one-hour comedy special on cable. Oh. This is when network executives told her no one would tune in to see a woman doing stand-up. <gasps> How dare you? And much like Judy Shepard Massette, who was told you can't get a loan from our dirtbag bank because no one wants to take your classes. <laughs> oh, were the naysayers proved wrong. As she went on to have a very successful show and do two more one-hour specials in the 1980s alone. Whoa. So on our next episode, be sure to tip your wait staff, get your two-drink minimum, because we're going to be laughing our way through Elaine Boozler's first one-hour comedy special, Party of One. Party of One. Awesome. I'm excited. I'm- It'll be a party of two for a party of one. Ooh. I, I have to admit, this is another dark uh, unknown for me. I'm excited to go into the void with you and learn about Elaine. I, I haven't seen this special. I'm excited. Are you familiar with her? Like, have you heard of her name before? Ooh, no. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Whitney, have you heard of Elaine? Maybe if I saw a picture. That's the thing. Like some of the topics we talked about, she ends up being this very foundational person in a field that doesn't often get a lot of the highlights. So I'm really excited to talk about her and her career and uh, the impact she had on the art form. Fantastic. Uh, Well, Happy New Year again, listeners. And we'll catch you next time on 80s High. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to 80s High Podcast by Ben and Chris. Our theme song is by Greg Reed at gregreedmusic.com with vocals by Chad Bumford. Show artwork is by Alex Goddard at alexgoddarddesign.com. If you like the show, please support us by passing a note to a friend in your next class. Also, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to help spread the rumor. Stay radical. Stay radical.